Welcome to the Joy of Gardening. Another Saturday morning. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, and uh, we're at the Flower Show. Spring has sprung indoors. Uh, I know outdoors we've had some bad weather over the last couple weeks. A little snow, a little rain, a little ice. The signs of spring are starting to show up outside, even though it doesn't feel like it. Um, But that snow is melting awful quick. Uh, even if we have, you know, another six or eight inches of snow, it disappears within a day or two. You see the snow banks are, are uh, melting away even on the coldest days. That sun is getting very strong in the sky. Uh, the greenhouses are just starting to explode with growth. The hanging baskets are starting to put on good size. Perennials are starting to grow and new leaves are emerging our bare root perennials are just popping out of the soil in the pots, and uh, we've started to plant up mixed containers and you know get all those uh, patio pots ready for you. Uh, the primrose are in bloom, and we're open in Yarmouth. It's been about a week. Um, you know things have been going quite well there. We've got everything from Gerbera daisies to you know primrose. Uh, begonias, houseplants, um, all kinds of new gifts and, and different things. So, you know, the feel in the greenhouse, you know, the humidity, the that that smell of soil and dirt, you know, underneath your fingernails is really just kind of starting to resonate in the greenhouse. And, and uh, we're having a lot of fun getting ready for you for spring. This week we're going to talk, since we're at the flower show, we're, we're – uh, we're going to talk about our booth a little bit. Um, we're promoting hort couture plants. Um, hort couture plants are a basically just kind of what it, it sounds like. Um, it is fashioned after the fashion industry. So what better, you know, things, um, plants are all color. And fashion, a lot of times, is all color and style. And horticulture is a way to style your plants in your containers in different color combinations, um, using tropicals, using annuals. Um, you know, we use different things that we normally don't see here in, in uh, Maine. And we're going to have Mark Fonts. Mark Fonts is uh, our representative from horticulture, And he's going to be on the show today. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things we have in our booth. And we'll probably talk some of the things that we'll have for spring also. So Mark will be able to give us kind of a a good general idea of what horticulture is all about. He'll he'll be able to give us some ideas of the different plants, um, some of the positive things uh, to some of those plants. And so we'll have a nice conversation about that. Um, I did also mention we are open in Yarmouth. Um, we've been open for about a week. And... Uh, it's just exciting. You know, we talked a little bit last last week about uh, terrariums. Those are all out for sale. They're super cool. But what I want to say is get into the garden center, and even if it's just for 20 minutes, you know, get in there, feel the warmth, look at the plants, even if you're not ready to buy. Uh, it's just one of those times of years where we're, we're just excited about spring. So the flower show... If you have the opportunity to come in, uh, we're right inside the um, doors where you, you buy your ticket or you hand your ticket in. Uh, our Hort Couture booth will be right there. Um, we have over 5,000 bags to give out. 
Okay. So Horcature bags, they're similar to what you would take to the grocery store, so great use there. Um, but we'll have a bunch of information there. We'll have a bunch of the plants grown out. We'll have a bunch of the tropicals. You'll be able to see kind of the new plants. You can come in, talk to us about that or any other plant material you might be looking for or needing or, or have questions you might have. Maybe you had some damage. Maybe you had some damage on some of your plants with these heavy snowstorms we've had in the last few weeks. And, you know, take some pictures. Bring those pictures in on your phone or print them out. Um, we're there to help. Everyone who's at the show is there to help. So bring your ideas, bring your sketches, um, and talk to a bunch of us. Talk to us about, you know, what your ideas are for spring. Uh, the Flower Show is all about ideas. It's about gaining ideas, and it's also about um, bringing those ideas and talking to professionals. Um, I'm the vice president of the Maine Landscape and Nursery Association, and we'll have a booth there also. And um, also I'm part of the Independent Garden Centers of Maine, which is a band of garden centers. We've uh, all kind of are in a partnership together to help promote shopping at independent garden centers. Throughout the season, you'll hear more about that. Um, you might have seen our commercials on TV last year over the past few years. But also stop into those booths and and if you have questions, that's a great way to talk to a bunch of different garden centers. So um, we're going to start the show off today with a question. And we're going to take a step back to the first show that we we started off with. And I want to make sure everybody understands that all our shows are podcast and available on our website. And so you always can kind of go back to some of these shows and get even more information because a lot of these um, questions keep coming up time and time again. And so I will refer back to certain shows also for, for more detailed information uh, just to save time um, per periodically through the, the year and be able to get as many questions on the show as possible. But this question's from Julie in Cumberland, and her question's about impatience. And we talked a lot about impatience the first show, um, about downy mildew. And her question is, will impatience be available this year? There are many reports that annual, the annual favorite being diseased and limited in, or non-existent in supply. Well, Julie, we talked a lot about this the first show, and downy mildew is, is the issue. And if you've used impatience for years and years and you had a problem with them kind of just what I like to call crashing, crash and burn last summer, all of a sudden the leaves all dropped off, you had kind of just main twigs, maybe a few flowers on top, the foliage yellowed and dropped off, and then all of a sudden the plants wilted and kind of just passed away. We started to see signs of that probably sometime around late June, early July. It really ramped up in July and August, and then a lot of things failed in August and September. If you did have something that looked or seemed like was going on with your impatience, then probably the thing to do is stay away from impatience. We will have them available. We're going to have a limited supply. We're growing about 25% of what we normally grow. Um, so you will be able to find impatience, but you probably will not be able to plant them in the same spot. The spore, which um, downy mildew, you know, is derived from, um, can stay active in the soil for one to five years. Now, we don't know all the information about this yet. We don't have any type of chemical sprays or anything like that that has been proven to knock out downy mildew effectively on impatience. But what you can do is switch to different types of plants like New Guinea impatience, sun patience, um, begonias, 
uh, lobelias, bacopas. So there are other things that you can use besides impatience in those areas that have been infected. Now, one thing that we've been talking about is using impatience in containers. Now, this won't necessarily take all the risk away, but it will get them out of the soil, which is infected. And this disease can be moved around by wind. So, you know, we want to put them on a patio or someplace that's up above. Um, I'm not saying that you won't get downy mildew because you might. Um, it's just, I'm thinking it's a clean environment. It's a way that we can still use some impatience, but I might mix some other plants in with the impatience. So if those die out, the other plants will fill in and take over their space. So if you want, uh, you can refer back to the podcast too on, on our first show and listen to that show. That went into a lot of detail. We spent a lot of time on it. If you have more questions about downy mildew, certainly we're going to have information in the garden center when you come in the spring. You're going to see a lot of uh, articles and things coming out in our newsletters. So visit estabrooksonline.com, sign up for the newsletter. It'll be a great way to get good information as we go, get closer to planting those impatients. We'll have signage and information in the garden center, and I'm sure most garden centers will have that also. So, Julie, I'd like to thank you for that question. It's going to be a very, very important topic of, of interest this spring since impatience is our number one selling annual in the garden center. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back from The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks on WLOB. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Mespoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. There's a tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. And welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. Um, we're welcoming Mark Fonts from Hort Couture this morning. Uh, we've got a beautiful booth set up here at the flower show with uh, some beautiful mannequins and funky hats, and we're giving away bags. We're having a blast. It's been a, a fun couple days of the flower show uh, to start here, and uh, welcome, Mark. Thanks for having me, Tom. You're welcome. Wanted to talk a little bit about Horcature. Obviously, it's new to Estabrooks this year, but give me kind of a rundown of what Horcature is all about. Well, Horcature is a branded plant program, and that's not really new to the horticulture industry. It's been around for a while. I'm sure many of the listeners are familiar with um, proven winners and uh some things like um, the the pink plants that that raise money for breast care. Horde Couture is, is um, a branded plant program that is exclusively for 
uh, locally owned independent garden centers. We like independent garden centers. Yes, we do. All right. It's uh, a program that was uh, developed by Jim and Jennifer Monroe. They own uh, garden centers down in Virginia and West Virginia, and uh, they really wanted to have some sort of a line that would set them and their garden centers apart from um, all of the box stores and chains and uh, and grocery stores that were getting into selling plants in the last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And so what they did was they started to travel and um, look for varieties of plants that were uh, really sort of unique and not run-of-the-mill things that um, that really stood out and... Uh, and would make an impression, um, you know, something that you're not going to see on the shelf at, at a box store or a grocery store. And they put together a great collection of um, annuals and grasses and uh, succulents and tropicals and even some culinary plants uh, to form the Hort Couture brand. And the program is in its uh, sixth or seventh year now, I think, um, of being offered to uh, to independent garden centers, um, and it just brings together a, a fantastic collection of really unique plants um, for the independent garden center to offer to their customers. I would I would definitely say that's why we've joined forces with Horcature. Um at Estabrooks. We're always looking for things that are are a little bit different, um, are presented differently, um, give the customer new ideas, um, and Horcature really seems to to bring that kind of to the forefront. Yeah, they they really do. That's um, you know some of the plants that they have brought into this program that are just so cool. There's a there's a new primula uh, that will be available this spring. It's called Blue Zebra. It's like nothing else that has has ever been offered in uh, in primulas. It's a it's a white flower that has these um, beautiful this beautiful blue streaking that comes out from the center of the flower. It's just a fantastic plant. Yeah, um, we'll have plenty of those for sale. Um, you know, we have them here in the booth. We have them in, in our Yarmouth store um, while supplies last. So get in here to the show and, and uh, check them out. They're really, really a cool plant, you know. Um, it is. It it's, is. It's, it, re- it's really uh, exciting. And having plants that, um, that that are just so different is what gets gardeners excited and uh, and makes them want to get out there and, and, uh, and work in the garden. Yeah, another plant we have in our booth is uh, the Boutique Bacopas. Tell me a little bit about those. The boutique bucopas um, are a, a little bit uh, different from the uh, most of the bucopas that you would find on the market, um, in that they're they tend to um, have a little bit different um, flower color. Um, they uh, they also are uh, more of a compact grower with um, with a really uh, really floriferous habit. Um, the flowers on them tend to be a little bit larger as well. Uh, I took some pictures of some last year that um, that I had, and the flowers were uh, the size a little bit larger than a dime. So it's really um, it's a it's a cool series of of bacopas, and um, they're they're available in um, in a, a blue with a with a big yellow eye zone, and uh, then there's a variety called tie dye white. Which um, is a is a large white flower 
with a yellow eye zone, but then in the uh, just outside the, that yellow eye zone, there is um, there's a blue halo. Uh, so it's really kind of a uh, an interesting look. And both um, of those varieties we have in our booth. And I will say, Mark, that the size of the flowers really impressed me. We grew these for the show, um, and and even in you know January and February when it's really dark, the flower size was enormous. It really was quite impressive. For a lot of you folks, you, you probably are thinking bacopa, and you think that little white flower that I use in my window box or in my my container on my patio. Um, Bacopa is one of those things that you can use in multiple ways. You can use it in the ground as a ground cover. Um, it just creates a beautiful carpet, you know, right along the patio or whatnot. But these two, I really would recommend trying out. They're really neat. They have uh, very large flowers, like Mark said, and add a lot of different interest. Um, Mark, tell me a little bit about the coleus because, you know, those also are something that really kind of are neat. Coleus is a plant that has really come back into fashion in the last four or five years. And uh, there have been a lot of really cool introductions in, in uh, varieties of coleus. But um, there's a series in Hort Couture that is called Under the Sea. This is a really interesting uh, form of coleus that we haven't seen before. It actually was um, a, uh, a graduate student's project uh, at the University of Saskatchewan in Canada, and the folks at Hort Couture uh, heard about it and went up to see it and um, and secured the exclusive to offer it. Um, there are just some some really interesting varieties, uh, bicolor uh, leaves that are very, very finely dissected. Um, there's a variety called bonefish that has the laciest texture to it. It's really, really interesting. Um, some new varieties this year are electric coral. Uh, it has a, a finely dissected leaf with um, red in the center and, and bright yellow uh, chartreuse edges. There's uh, a new variety called king crab that has leaves that are, are upwards of, of 8 or 10 inches long by, by 6 to 8 inches wide. They just make such an incredible statement in the garden. It seems to me, Mark, that, that the coleus might be a very integral part in replacing uh, some of these problems we're, we're having with uh, impatience and downy mildew. Yeah, unfortunately there are not a lot of good options um, for the replacement of, of impatience, but the uh, coleus is something that I that will give people a really wide variety of, uh, of color choice and texture to use in a shady spot. Um, but the under the sea coleus are not just for shade; they can be used in the sun as well, and they hold up extremely well. Um, oftentimes, especially with some seed varieties of coleus, you'll find that. The leaves will suffer leaf scorch if they're uh, if they get too much sun, uh, but these under the sea varieties really hold up well in the sun as well as in the shade. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and do you find that the colors stay more true in in, in uh, sun to part sun? You know, and they yeah. Bleach out. The nice thing about this is that the the color range really doesn't change when you go from sun to shade with the end of the sea coleus. The, biggest change that you're going to see is that in the shade they're going to get um, about 30% larger mm -hmm. than they would when they're growing in the sun. Yeah, so they stay more compact in the sun, they branch out a little bit wider. Right. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, and yeah exactly. Let's, let's talk about uh, nautica lobelias. Okay. They're really funky and cool. Um, this flow blue seems to be really neat. Yeah, um, I love the lobelias that uh, that are in the Hort Couture program. Um, lobelia is a plant that historically has been a tough one to grow, particularly in the summertime. Um, it's been it's always been cool season uh, plant, but uh, the Nautica series of lobelias were bred for their heat tolerance, and um, they've been able to get some really interesting colors as well. Uh, uh, white flowers that have blue edges and, and blue streaking in them, particularly um, with the flow blue and aquamarine. Mm-hmm. There's also a very dark blue called deep navy, um, a light blue with uh, blue skies, and then there's kind of an off-white called seafoam. But they hold up really well through the course of the season, so you can use them in a mixed container, and you won't have that that traditional sort of dried up, dying look that you would get with some other types of lobelia that don't hold up so well in the heat. Yeah, I always find lobelias really tough in containers in the summer, and these seem to hold up a little bit better. Um, in the ground, I think, performance-wise with the impatient issues we have, they're just going to be phenomenal. Yeah, they they could easily easily be used as a bedding plant mm-hmm. um, like, like you would with, uh, with uh, impatients. Um, uh, with with pretty good success, I think. Yep. Oxalis. Let's talk a little bit about oxalis because that's that's kind of a neat neat plant in the line, also. Yeah, the oxalis um, historically has been a plant that has been used in containers as an accent plant. Um, they uh, they typically don't get awfully large, and there is um, there's a good color range on the market of green and purple foliage. Uh, but Horticultura introduced uh, a new variety this year called Plum Crazy, and uh, Plum Crazy has this uh, uh, deep burgundy foliage with um, with pink picotee edging. So nice texture, nice texture, nice texture when it doesn't isn't in bloom. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Although the plum crazy oxalis also has a really beautiful uh, large yellow blossom on it, a uh, little showier than than some other oxalis, and the combination of the the burgundy pink and yellow is is really striking. And Mark, where can customers find out more information about these plants? Uh, you can go right to the Horticulture website to uh, see more of the varieties uh, that are available, and there is information there on uh, uh, where they can find them, what uh, how, the, how the plants perform, um, you know, what the different uses are for the different plants. So, uh, and that's just simply HortCatorPlants.com. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be back with more from Mark Fonts after this break. You're listening to the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB 1310. The only thing you can be certain about is uncertainty, and that's why I want to introduce you and your family to Free Legacy Food, a company that offers affordable and delicious emergency food with a shelf life of up to 25 years. Think about the disasters that have taken place over the last 10 years. 
and how the government has dropped the ball over and over and over. Folks, you and your family's survival is your responsibility. Go to FreeLegacyFood.com, FreeLegacyFood.com. Geico says, let's make life simpler. Look, I'm all for modern conveniences. But ask yourself, do you really need a blender with 23 buttons just to chop an onion? At Geico, we think life should be simpler. So we make it super simple to save on car insurance. Just one click and you could be on your way to saving hundreds. Come on, people. Life doesn't have to be that complicated. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. And welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Esther Brooks. Uh, we're talking with Mark Fonts today, and we're at the flower show. It's Saturday. The crowds are great. We're enjoying uh, our horticulture booth. And uh, Mark is in the booth today and uh, a little bit later today, and we're going we're gonna to show a bunch of different plants. But uh, we were just talking about, you know, some of the coleus and oxalis and all the – there's just a whole host of different plants in this horticulture line. So stop by our booth. We're just inside the uh, main entrance. Uh, you can't miss us. you got to walk right by us. Um, we're giving out a bunch of bags. We're, we're having a good time here. We've got a bunch of blue zebra uh, primrose that's available for sale and uh, Mark there are just a million petunias on the market um, too many for a garden center to choose but saw variety glamouflage is really kind of neat and we're excited to, to have it in the line this year yes glamouflage is a, a really new exciting uh, breakthrough in petunias this is something that we have not seen before um, you're right that the uh, the selection of petunias that is available out there is 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 really pretty mind-boggling, and oftentimes it's difficult to tell one pink petunia or one purple petunia from another. But uh, glamouflage is different in that it has uh, a very brightly variegated foliage. Uh, so the green of the uh, typical petunia foliage is um, is accented by very wide creamy white margins and then on top of, set up on top of the plant are these um, uh, deep grape purple flowers that just it, it's such an amazing contrast uh, this is a great plant to use as a as a um, focal point in a, in a container it does not it, it's not going to get covered with petunia blossoms um, like many varieties do but in this case that's a good thing because the foliage is so striking. Yeah, I think in a mixed container, this is going to be a winner. That foliage is just, the variegation is unbelievable. You know, stop by the booth, take a look at it. Um, we're, we're hoping we're going to have a bunch of flowers at some point here, but um, the foliage... Yeah, the days have to get a little longer, I think. Yeah, yeah, the foliage is just striking. Um, we'll have, we have a picture here of the of the flower so you can see exactly what... Um, the flower is going to look like on the plant, but once you see the foliage, you'll get kind of excited about it. Yeah, it's it, it's really interesting. Uh, the there have been uh, these variegated petunias introduced in the past, but they've always been fairly unstable, and in in almost every case, they have reverted to a solid green leaf. Mm -hmm. This is the first variegated petunia uh, that um, that is stable and and stays 
that keeps that beautiful uh, wide variegation throughout the season. Yeah, we've been growing this variety since sometime in, in January, and in, in all the baskets that we potted, we have not seen one green leaf, which is, is very, very impressive from my standards. Let's talk salvia. Because salvia is one of those things that, uh, you know, was very, very popular years ago. We used to sell a lot of it. Uh, it kind of has fallen out of favor with a lot of these new plants that have come on, on, come on the market. But there seems to be a resurgence in salvia. Yeah, and the mannequin series of salvia from Horticulture is, re- is a really impressive line. Uh, this is a plant that has just been grabbing people's attention now for the last couple of years. Um, there have been two varieties, blue skies and bright blue, um, and this year we have a new variety called Delft Blue. It's a vegetative form of salvia farinacea, so it, it's not like the seed-grown salvias that you often see um, offered in packs. It has very large flowers on tall spikes and makes a great thriller plant, if you will, for the center of a, of a mixed container. Uh, and and really contrasts well with other plants. Yeah, it seems like they they're really vigorous. Um, you know, in a in a big splash of them in the in the as a bedding plant, really is going to show up all season long. Right, right. It, yeah, it really is. And even in a mixed container uh, or, or a hanging basket, um, we actually did a uh, a bunch of hanging baskets last year that used the salvia. Um, and some pink petunia and some purple setcresia in in uh, the mix, and uh, it, they held up fantastically through the season. Mm-hmm. And let's let's talk a little bit about succulents because I think succulents have kind of been one of those things that you know we've used as house plants for a long, long time. But there's a beautiful array of different types of succulents in horticulture. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, succulents are an area where uh, people are really starting to show interest. Um, they're, uh, I think one of, the, one of the best things about them is they're very low maintenance. They really don't require a whole lot of care. Um, you know, sometimes with some varieties of annuals, you can, you can wind up having to, uh, to deadhead or, or clean them up or, you know, keep after them. But succulents, for the most part, don't require that, um, that constant care. They're the type of thing you can kind of put in and leave. Um, and there are some great varieties of succulents in the horticulture program, uh, things like, uh, like Crassula Campfire, which has these really cool, bunchy, uh, spoon-shaped yellow leaves that have a flame-red edge. Um, there's, uh, there's an aeonium that uh, is called Zwartkopf, which has um, deep, glossy, black rosettes of leaves. It uh, gets about um, oh, 12 to 18 inches tall or so. Um, but they're they're all really great plants for a bright, sunny, hot spot in the garden. Or, you know, many people use them to make up a mixed container. Mm-hmm. A mixed succulent container is is a beautiful thing. Yeah, I, I think the mixed succulent container, you know, on your on your uh, nice patio table, you know, very low maintenance, uh, can dry out periodically and not be a problem. You know, also doing maybe a, a living uh, picture frame on a wall, um, you know, on your patio or, or even a living wreath um, are all good ways to use these plants. And then, you know, certainly you can use them as accents mixed in with your annuals. You just want to make sure that you don't put 
too much of a vigorous annual too close. Give them plenty right. of room to, to um, do their thing. Right, right. Yeah, and there's such a wide range of colors and textures in the succulents. I think oftentimes people think that they're kind of, you know, just drab green plants. But that's, that's really not true. There are, there are beautiful, bright, chalky blues. Um, uh, chartreuse yellows, uh, fire oranges, uh, bright yellow foliage and flowers. Um, it, it, you can really uh, have a have a great show with a with a mixed container of succulents. I agree. Uh, the the one of the most exciting things about horticulture, I think, is is uh, the tropical plants. Um, you know, there's so many new tropical plants that have been on the market for a number of years now, and horticulture really has kind of set themselves apart with some of these. Um, you know, you might take a vacation down to Florida or or down to the tropics and see a bunch of these actually in the landscapes. But uh, tell us a little bit about some of these plants. Well, you know, the tropicals were brought into the Hort Couture program specifically to try and get people to step outside of their, their, the box in terms of the, their thinking on what they do in gardening. Um, and uh, I think it's been a tremendous success. You know, we tend to oftentimes to get kind of stuck in a rut and do the same thing year after year, but the, the foliage in the Hort Couture program allows you to insert some very bold, large structural elements to your garden. A lot of these are plants that you do you, you will want to use in a garden as opposed to uh, in a container, although if you have a very large container, some of them will, um, will work well. But there are um, alocasias and colocasias, which are different varieties of elephant ear. Uh, there are cordylines and some really interesting... Uh, ferns. Uh, for flowering material, there are beautiful mandevillas in pink and red and white, and there's even a, there's a variety called Red Surprise that um, is a beautiful red flower with a white pickety edge. Yeah, I think the mandevillas are really kind of neat. That that red surprise, I think, is going to be a big winner. Um, that little white edge around, you know, you're probably not going to see it from a distance, but when you walk up to the plant, it's going to be a showstopper. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And they do really well here, too. You, may, you might not think that tropicals are going to perform well, but our summers are long enough and warm enough that you can you can use things like mandevilla and have uh, have a beautiful display of flowers all season long. You know, I always talk to customers about bang for your buck, and you know, mandevilla are one of those things. You know, all of these tropicals are a little bit more um, expensive, but the value what you get all season, I think, is just amazing. Um, you know, the flower power you get in that July and August time frame when your annuals are maybe suffering a little bit. We're kind of in between seasons. Perennials are not really show-stopping at this point. Um, you know, it fills that gap, and, and a lot of these plants add new texture and color into the garden. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about the elephant ears. You know, um, one called Stingray really kind of, you know, is interesting to me. That's a really cool plant. That was introduced last year. It has a it has a thick green leaf with um, with really heavy veins in the leaf. But then on the on the very end of it is this um, long thin point, and that's it, it's it's like a it's like a stingray's 
uh, spear, you know. Uh, it really is a cool plant. The leaf itself is kind of cupped and uh, just is a, something that, that stands out, is really, really unique in the garden. Yeah, I mean, it really, truly does look like a stingray's tail. Um, it, it's, uh, it's a big leaf. I mean, would you say it's like a three-by-three-foot leaf? Um, it, it can get that large um, to- probably towards the end of the summer in, um, in optimum conditions. Most of the time it's going to be a little bit smaller than mm-hmm. that, um, but, uh, but has a really, really cool uh, look about it. Um, you know, it's, that's a plant that uh, I think you could easily use in a planter that was whiskey barrel size. Right. Um, Without and, any problem. and you could put some annuals that would trail down over the sides too, right? Um, right. You know, but then you've got this big accent point. You know, maybe in a corner of a deck or next to the hot tub or just off the patio. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Probably not a great plant for the front step. No, I think it's it's probably going to be something that's too large for the front steps. Okay. And on the calicaceas, it looks like we've got some really cool ones. There's Black Coral, Nancy's Revenge, Mojito. Uh, you know, tell me a little bit about some of these varieties. I think the most exciting variety this year is a variety called Madeira. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a uh, an elephant ear that has uh, a, a sort of a medium green leaf, but then the veins that come out from the center of the plant are these deep, dark, almost black veins with um, with sort of halos around them. Um, really interesting plant uh, and, and has generated a lot of interest this year. It's a plant that, um, again, you're going to want to use uh, in the garden as opposed to in a container because this does get fairly large. The leaves on this will probably, by the end of the summer, be two feet long and, and 14 to 16 inches across. But just a striking, striking plant in the garden really stand out. And and in in the garden, I think these are going to give you some really interesting texture. I mean, that the Madeira is just a phenomenal variety. Um, definitely go to our website, take a look at some of these pictures, um, estabrooksonline.com. I really like Nancy's Revenge. It's really a neat neat white veination in the leaf. Yeah, that's new to the Hort Couture program this year as well. Beautiful, beautiful deep green leaf with a striking white veins coming out of the center of it. Um, another plant that just grabs your attention when you when you walk by it. I um, think the, the big thing, Mark, from a distance, these calicaceas and alocaceas are going to grab your attention. Exactly. You know, um, even when you get up close, they're going to continue to wow you, but from a, a distance of 20 or 30 feet, they're really going to kind of grab you. Um, from a commercial standpoint, I think some of these plants are really something that would attract a lot of customers to uh, your business also. They are. They really are. Because, again, it's something that you're not going to find at the, at the grocery store or at the box store. These are, uh, these are so unique, and, um, and it's really exciting to, to be able to offer them at the independent garden centers exclusively. You know, places like Estabrooks are the only place where you're going to be able to find these things. These are really, really neat varieties. We're excited to have the line. Intrigue uh, hibiscus. Uh, you know, the hibiscus are something that our grandmothers had forever, um, but these varieties are just unbelievable. Yeah, the the 
uh, the color range in the in the Hortator hibiscus line is uh, something that we haven't seen before. These have been um, out there in the market, but on a very very limited basis. And Hortator was able to to get stock and grow these um, in in large enough quantities that the independent garden centers will have a nice offering of them. Um, but some the thing that's going to be really different about these are the are the flower patterns and the flower colors. Um, they just are really unique. There's a um, there's a variety called Chad that has a chartreuse yellow flower with these flame red edges. Flower petals actually curl way back, so the the chartreuse edge of the petal um, makes it look like a pinwheel. Uh, really, really beautiful. Now, these are not your grandmother's hibiscus. I mean, no. these will set your garden apart night and day. You know, you can go to any store and buy a hibiscus nowadays. Um, you know, the reds, the oranges, you know, these are yellows and bright neon colors, bicolors. Um, like you said, Chad is just, it, it doesn't even look like a hibiscus. It's completely different. No, no, it doesn't. Um, a lot of these things, these plants are just amazing. Well, Mark, I'd, I'd like to, you know, talk a little bit to kind of wrap this up about topiaries because Maine's not really known for topiaries. Um, you don't see them. You see them a lot in the bigger cities, but they are gaining momentum uh, in the garden center. They are. And, you know, I think topiaries are something that we've always kind of associated with the front porches of the of the houses on Shore Road and Agunquit and, and uh, you know, things like that, places where people had limited gardening space, but they really wanted to make a show. And that's really what the topiaries in the Hortator program do. Most of the um, plants that we have are, um, are a tree form, whether it is the, the shrimp plant or the duranta. The duranta sapphire sh- uh, uh, showers has these beautiful, beautiful flowers, uh, blue flowers all over it. Um, and then there are gardenia topiaries and tibushina with, um, with big blue showy flowers. Uh, they make fantastic plants for, um, for the front step. Well, you can't use that, that alocasia or colocasia. You can put these topiaries um, or use them in a large container and plant annuals around the base of them. Yeah, it seems to me like it's a great way to get height in your garden or in your containers um, right away. It is. It is. Yeah, and they've got um, nice sturdy stems on them, so when you put them in, you're not going to have to worry about uh, about them blowing over or, or, uh, or being too fragile. They really... Um, they really are, are a great plant to to use as a focal point. Well, Mark, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show today. Um, this line of pork couture plants, we're really excited about it. Come down to the flower show today and uh, see Mark in our booth. He's going to be helping us out uh, for some time here in the booth. And, uh, you know, come out, check out some of the new plants. We won't have all of them in our booth, but uh, as the spring gets on, you can come in and check out a whole host of new things. And we're going to take a break. We'll be back from The Joy of Gardening by Esther Brooks on News Talk WLOB. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Maspoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. 
Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The Secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. There's a tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. Hey, Mom, I'm really star starving for a snack. Yeah, I was thinking maybe some, some pepperoni breadsticks. How did you know I love pepperoni? Wait, are you able to, to read your mind? Of course, I'm a mom. So, you know about the C I got in geography? I do now. It's the recipe that's so easy, it's not a recipe. It's a recipe-easy, like Hormel pepperoni baked on top of breadsticks. Find more tasty ideas at recipeasy.com. Hormel, life better served. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Esther Brooks. Uh, we have just wrapped up with Mark Fonts. And, man, what what unbelievable stuff and excitement we have for spring. Um, you know, obviously, we're getting excited. We're going to be shipping shrubs and trees here shortly in the next couple of weeks. And uh, But when we get into, you know, late April, early May, boy, some of these new things that will be coming in. The one thing I do want to stress is where these are new things, we're going to have limited supply. So, you know, certainly shop early for some of these really interesting plants. We've taken a shot in the dark of what we think you're going to really like. But, uh, you know, come in, check them out early. You know, probably around the 1st of May is going to be the best time to start thinking about shopping for some of these items because they are going to be in limited supply. So... You know, but a lot of excitement around Hort Couture. Visit us at the Flower Show. We're down here on uh, Four Road, you know, at the Portland Complex. You know, plenty of parking, you know, certainly nearby. But uh, come enjoy the, sh the Flower Show. It's always a rite of passage to spring, um, a good way to get ideas. This Hort Couture line is going to really kind of just show you some different things in annuals, but then you'll be able to walk through all the gardens. You'll be able to see all the different things. You'll be able to pick up, um, purchase one of those um, blue zebra primrose, which primrose are like the oldest fashion plant in the world. And this blue zebra is just something that is just second to none. It's a really cool plant. Something different has veinations all, all the ways from whites all the way to kind of purpley blues. Very interesting and different. Um, a showstopper for sure. So we're going to take another question here. We have a question from Anne-Marie. Uh, Anne-Marie is in South Salem, New York. Wow, we've got customers everywhere. I love it. I bought a beautiful begonia for me last summer. It's still growing well, but stringy. Should I cut it back to get it bushy and full again? Okay. We've talked about the winter doldrums on plants in the house, and this is a prime example. Begonias are wonderful. We can use them outside. We can use them indoors. But we've gone through the valley of January and February. Um, even in New York, it's dark. Um, but what I will say is 
Begonias respond extremely well to, to pinching back. I wouldn't take them all the way down to the base of the pot, but maybe pinch them back about halfway. The other thing is start feeding them more. I don't know how often you're feeding. You may want to repot the plant. But begonias like to really start actively growing right about now. The other thing is they really like a long day of light. So put them in an area where it's a nice sunny window, and then you might want to add a light with a 100-watt light bulb on a timer. Um, And probably from about 5 o'clock to 9 o'clock, have that light come on and run for those four hours. What that will do is that will trick the begonia into thinking that it's the middle of summer. We extend the daylight. The plant will photosynthesize a lot better. It will start to set flower buds and it will branch a lot better. But picking up your your fertilizer wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, Use something with a, a house plant fertilizer with micronutrients. We sell a Schultz product, which I think works very well. Um, it's a Schultz um, houseplant fertilizer with micronutrients. You know, think about using something like that, and probably once a week give it a good uh, juice of fertilizer. You know, that will help promote more branching and growth. But go ahead and pinch it back a little bit. Um, you know, that will help promote that branching. It'll promote the thickness. But if it's in a in a shady spot in your house, move it to a window that has a lot more light. And then try using that supplemental light in the evening. Um, if you have a bright light in the room where you sit at in the evening, set it underneath the lamp. That will help promote flower buds and uh, trick the plant to think it's summer. Um, we always like to use little tricks of the trade like that. Timers are our friends with some of these things. It helps us save energy, and it also just comes on and off. Um, you just always want to check to make sure that the light's coming on at the right time. So, Anne-Marie, I hope that helps with your question. I know we spent a lot of time on hort couture today. Um, the next show, we'll talk a little bit more about questions and whatnot, but we'll also be talking about new trees and shrubs. So I want to kind of talk about the tip of the week this week. So my tip for this week is go visit a garden center. It is March it's time to start finding out what is new. So you've spent January and February, and you've been thinking about gardening amidst snow shoveling, spreading ice melt, and, uh, you know, maybe doing some snowshoeing, skiing, all that fun stuff. But now it's March. You know, we're getting a little bit of rain. We're getting a little bit of snow. It's kind of that transition mud season. Now's the time to come in and talk to us about what's new. Visit our websites. We're starting to help you understand what's new for spring. But this is the time when you're kind of finalizing your plans. You know, the seed racks are out. You know, there are things that even if you're not buying your seeds now, it's time to come in and start thinking about what varieties you want for your vegetable garden. It's time to start thinking about, okay, what's that new shrub that I just have to have? And should I reserve it? Should I reserve it from the garden center? You know, should I get on a waiting list? Are there things that you want a custom order? A lot of folks wait until May to come in and ask for the specific things that they want for their garden. What I want to make sure you understand is any garden center you go into, we've done most of our ordering already. The other thing is those lovely states that we buy plants from are getting warmer than we are. 
So, you know, you want that big bald and burlap tree. You know, you want that great big beautiful crab apple or a great big lilac to fill a spot. Or you want a special magnolia or you want a special plant. You want a special size. Now's the time to start talking with us in the garden center because by the time we hit early April, the digging is done. They have stopped digging plants down south. We can't get them out of the ground anymore. Remember last spring, it warmed up extremely early, and plant digging shut off very quickly last year. Now, that wasn't an abnormal spring. I'm hoping we're going to have the same type of spring, but it's probably not likely. Maine is kind of one of those places where you wait a minute and the weather will change. So if you have special requests, you know, even if it's just a big old spruce tree, you know, you just want five of them, the likelihood is we're going to be able to fill your need in the garden center. But it allows us to buy the right size for you, get them from the right grower, make sure you're getting a quality plant. So make sure and come into the garden center, talk to us about your needs. We can get you pricing. We can offer you typically a little bit better price this time of year. Right now we're running a special 20% off if you pre-order trees and shrubs. So it's a great deal for you, and it's also a great deal for us because it helps us plan and pack trucks for spring. So when we save, we try to pass it along to you. So the tip of the week is get into your garden center, talk with us. doesn't matter if you come into my garden center. Go into any garden center. Talk to your local independent garden center. Find out how they can help you, what they can do for you, and I think that will make a huge, huge difference in your plans for spring. I'd like to thank you for listening today. Come visit us at The Flower Show and get out there and enjoy your garden. So get out there and have fun. Enjoy your garden. Tune in every week from 7 to 8 a.m. at WLOB 1310 a.m. and WLOBradio.com. To pick up the podcast, visit us at estabrooksonline.com and uh, enjoy your week. We hope to see you next week.